Imagine you're a fly on the wall at a dinner between the mafia, the CIA, and the KGB. That's where my new podcast begins. This is Neil Strauss, host of To Live and Die in L.A., and I wanted to quickly tell you about an intense new series about a dangerous spy taught to seduce men for their secrets and sometimes their lives. From Tenderfoot TV, this is To Die For. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Elevation with Stephen Furtick podcast was created with you in mind. This is a podcast for those feeling discouraged or needing guidance from God. Together in this podcast, we'll dive deep into scripture, uncover the powerful truths that will help you rise above your limitations and embrace your full potential. We're here to equip you with the tools you need to conquer life's challenges. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy, and I'm your host, Elliot Connie. Jay is the woman in this dynamic who is currently co-parenting two young boys with her former partner, David. David, he is a leader. He just don't want to leave me. But how do you lead a woman? How do you lead in a relationship? Like, what's the blueprint? David, you just asked the most important question. Listen to Family Therapy on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, listeners. Welcome back. I'm Nedra Glover-Tawab, and you need to hear this. This week, we're talking about trust issues and not just trust issues out of nowhere, but trust issues that are caused by an unhealthy relationship with our parents. There are times when we don't feel safe, we don't feel protected, we don't feel seen, we don't feel loved, and it causes us to feel that way in other relationships. Parents are our primary caregivers, and when we don't have that love and care in those relationships, it can be questionable if other people can love and care for us. So let's get started with today's message. It's a doozy. Hello. So my name is Sterling. So I'm a 36-year-old male, African-American male. My father wasn't around much for me growing up. So I would say we were estranged in a sense, but we speak maybe once or twice a year, if that. Um, this has been interesting. Like, he's never kind of been around. My parents were in the military, so I feel like that was one of his excuses kind of coming up. It was, oh, you know, you move around a lot. Mind you, he was in the Army and I was in the Air Force, so it wasn't as if they didn't both move. He just said that was the reason why he couldn't keep in touch with me, because we moved around. Versus if he just did what he was supposed to do, or not what he was supposed to do, but if I was important, you could say, if I was important, really, you would have just kept up with me. I don't shouldn't have to tell you where I'm going if you kept your promises. So for me, we're at the point now, like, we'll call and speak periodically, but it's more of if I initiate it, he wants to come in now more as like, I'm your friend. Let's be your friend. We can hang out. We can drink at the party. That's our relationship. So it's never been the father-son relationship, which is kind of sad because I kind of like, you know, I wish I had a father. Like, I would have did a lot of things that, you know, sports and stuff with my father and have conversations about things with my father. But I can't do that. So, so for me, like, my question is like, is it, I'm going to say worth having a relationship with? I wouldn't say we were estranged. As soon as I heard that, I thought, you know, what's another way to say that? We're not estranged, but we're strange. 
you know, that's what it made me think of. Like, there is some oddness about the relationship, right? It's not the typical father-son relationship. There is something keeping us together, but we're also very different. So, yes, it's not a strange, but it's not typical. Now, your father using the excuse of you moved around a lot. Um, if you're writing this letter in 2023, I'm just thinking... Ugh, early 2000s cell phones became a thing, right? So, you know, in our pockets, not even 2000s, gosh, 90s, you know, in our pockets, we could connect with people, right? Now, it may not have always been very cheap, but it was possible. There's always been letter writing, there is email, there are all sorts of ways that we can keep track of people. Golly gee willikers, I mean, we could Google folks and just find out all this stuff. So, there is a way to keep up with people. So what I'm hearing here is a lack of ownership, a lack of accountability. And what does a person say? You know, I think what could be said is probably what is most hurtful, right? That honestly, I did not prioritize this relationship. There was no excuse. There was not a phone barrier. There wasn't a letter barrier. There wasn't an email barrier. I was not prioritizing this relationship. And for that, I apologize. I think that's that's the thing that's, you know, certainly missing here. But this putting it on you of, oh, you know, you moved around a lot. What? Like, yeah, but adults can keep track of kids. Can kids keep track of adults? Probably not. But there is some responsibility in the parental relationship for him to keep up with you. You know, as I listen to this a little bit further, I'm hearing you also like owning like this moving around was a barrier, like he wasn't supposed to do anything. But oh, yes, he was. Um, I used to work in juvenile probation when I was in Detroit. And guess what? Like parents have a responsibility. Parents have to be accountable for their children. If you're not accountable for your child, that's abuse, that's neglect, that's abandonment. Like there are words and phrases and laws and all sorts of things for this. So yeah, you you were supposed to be around and that's why we have these feelings towards our parents when they are not. Because not only is it internal that we feel that sense of where were you, you were supposed to be here, it's also legal. You know, it's also spiritual. It's also a universal principle of parents are supposed to parent. And so that is the energy in which you're responding. Now, should you have a relationship with your father? You know, him wanting to be your friend reminds me of dating and people are like, are you accepting friends? And it's like, no, I don't want any more friends. I want a serious relationship. And it sounds like with your dad, you want a serious relationship. I want deep, meaningful connection. If you're okay with the friendship, I think you can be in this relationship with him 
what might need to happen here is you will have to significantly lower your expectations of him being a father because it seems like that's not the relationship that he wants. He wants to be a friend. He wants to drink and party and hang out with you. And that is what he can offer. He cannot offer sports and, you know, deep conversation and going on walks and fishing trips. That's not what you're going to get from your dad. It sounds like he is giving what he can. So you can be in this relationship if you're willing to accept what he's offering. Let's keep listening. Like, I mean, I would love to have it. And people always ask me, like, oh, my gosh, would you be upset if he passed away? And I'm like, I don't really think I would be because he hasn't been there. I, I've only seen him maybe five times in my life. And the past three is me making an effort to see him. It's never him saying, hey, I'm coming to see you. I want to spend time with you. That's never the case at all. Um, I do know that my relationship with him, I guess, when I was younger, I definitely, definitely geared how I trusted people and a lot of things because he always promised me oh i'm gonna call you i'm gonna do this we're gonna do this we're gonna do this and he never did it so for me when people promised me things my invitation when i was younger was yeah you're not gonna do it and to the day it's like that to a degree it's more of your actions will show me everything i will just see what you based on what you do the promise means nothing but can you just actually show me and then i'll know and so for him the expectation the same way like i let the expectation go of him being a father he's just He's my biological father, but he's not a dad. He, he does, he doesn't, has done anything for me in that aspect. So I guess my question is like, is, should I try to have a relationship um, with him? Like, it'd be nice, but at the same time, I don't want a friend, I want a father. Um, but he's very like, you know, like, you know, I was there, but you know, this is where we're at right now. And like with him, I have six other brothers and another sister. I've met some of them. I've talked to some of them. They're my siblings, of course, by blood, but there was never a moment where he ever was like, okay, I want to gather all my children together. Let's have conversations. Let's get together. Let's have a family reunion. I don't know. Like, I feel like I've seen my cousin from my father's side and his mother more than I've seen and interacted with them on vacations, just with us three, than my father has ever come into the picture. When your father dies, you may not grieve your father, but you will grieve having a father. So those things that you might be missing, those things that you missed, I think when your father passes, there is some like, wow, like I'll never get it because this person is now gone, right? Like, you know, as long as he's alive, there is this this hope that it is possible. And I hear it as you're writing. So this idea that huh, I probably will be okay because I've only seen him, you know, five times. It's like you may grieve something. It may not be, oh, my dad has passed. I won't see him on Tuesday, but it might be I don't have a dad. Some of that work is happening right now. I'm hearing that you're already grieving the relationship that you don't have your with your father. And I wonder what it might feel like for you to lean into that a bit more, to deal with the grief around being disappointed, to deal with the grief around him not wanting more, to deal with that grief around disconnection. What could be really healing and restorative is for you to have some sort of mentorship, some sort of relationship with 
an elder male in your family, so an uncle, a grandfather, stepdad, cousin, and be in community with those folks to get that that love and that connection in other relationships, not particularly with your father, because it doesn't seem like not only is he not willing, but it sounds like maybe he's not capable because if he's not doing it in any of the sibling relationships, there may be an inability there, right? Like we assume because our parents are our parents that they have this ability to parent, but I don't think that's the case. I have not seen that be the case where there is this like beam that comes through us and we're like, oh my gosh, maturity, kick in. Oh my gosh, the equipment to parent and change diapers, kick in. Like it doesn't happen that way. Like those are practice things. You have to build that connection. You have to be available. You have to be open to it. And it sounds like your dad is not in that space, not just with you, but with his other children. Like he's consistently emotionally and physically unavailable for the father role. That is a lot to sit with. And I know it's hard to accept that this person, this living person who created me is not interested in parenting me. They have very little interest. And if I were to remove myself from the task of keeping this relationship going, what would it look like? What could this relationship look like if you just removed yourself from doing all of the work in the relationship? Would he start to do some work with the relationship in? I wonder. You know, the the part about him making these promises and leaving you hanging reminds me of this movie on Netflix is called Roxanne. It is about the rapper Roxanne Shante. And there's a scene in the movie where Roxanne and her siblings, they are sitting on the bench outside of their apartment waiting on their father to show up. And the mom, she's like, I know he's not going to show up. And, you know, she's looking out the window at her babies and is breaking her heart. And, you know, those kids are sitting on that bench all day and the dad doesn't show up. I mean, I'm watching this and I'm like, where's this dad? You know, like if I ever wanted to get on Google and find a person, you know, like where is he? Because it is heartbreaking. It is so sad to see. And it's even worse to experience it. So I get that, you know, I get that those broken promises led you to a space of not being able to trust people, but I promise you there are trustworthy people in the world and your work is to not trust the people you can't trust and to trust the people that you can. To give them the energy of your father and they haven't demonstrated that they don't deserve that energy It's not fair to you and it's not fair to your future relationships. He has a hold on you. So there is some work that you can do to maybe be released from some of these things that he's created. And a lot of that work, it's going to be grief work. You know, we can grieve living people. You know, when we can't be in relationship with them in the way that is healthiest for us, in a way that feels safe, we may have to grieve our expectations 
of that person. We may have to grieve what we think a father should be. We have to grieve, you know, all these stories of he told me to call, he didn't call, and now I have this thing. We have to grieve the loss of trust. Let's take a break and we'll be right back. I'm preaching to somebody today who is waiting for God to give you your next step. And you don't know what it is yet. You need God to show you your next step. Because God, I can't stay where I am, like I am, where it is. This isn't going to work. I I have to move on, but I don't know where. A lot of time you'll use it as an excuse. Well, I don't know how. I don't know where. I don't know what. God, if you show me. God, if you tell me. God, no, 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 no. You know enough right now. And if you needed to know more, he would show you. Hey, this is Stephen Furtick. I want to invite you to listen to my podcast, Elevation with Stephen Furtick. I am here to help you for the battles that you face in life, for the times when you feel discouraged, for the times that you need guidance from God. I want to give you the truth of what he says about you to help you rise to your full potential. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi there, I'm Bob Pittman, Chairman and CEO of iHeartMedia. Welcome to Math & Magic, Stories from the Frontiers of Marketing. This week, I'm talking to acclaimed musician and entrepreneur, Mr. Worldwide himself, Pitbull. A lot of artists in general, people that are very creative, sometimes tend to overthink. That's one of my number one rules. Don't ever overthink. You can think ahead, but don't overthink. And what I mean by that is when they start to write a record, they're like, oh, that's not the line. Oh, that's not this. Oh, it's not that. And everybody has a creative process. I'm not knocking it. For me, I just let it flow. In these exciting times, we're looking to the math, the strategy and analytics, and the magic, the creative spark more than ever. Listen to Math & Magic on our very own iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. When the Taliban banned music in Afghanistan, millions were plunged into silence. Radios were smashed. Cassettes burned. You could be beaten or jailed or killed for breaking the rules. And yet, Afghans did it anyway. This is the story of how a group of people brought music back to Afghanistan by creating their own version of American Idol. The danger they endured. They said, my head should be cut off. The joy they brought to the nation. You're free completely. No one is there to destroy you. I'm John Legend. Listen to Afghan Star starting May 15th on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Why I'm just interesting. And then everybody's like, do you talk to your father? And I'm like, no. Like, don't you feel bad? I mean, eh. So, you know, I don't feel bad, but it's just interesting that a lot of people are like, you should have that relationship because it's this. So my thing is that there's periodically moments where I'm like, I wonder if I was doing. But then I'm like, oh, okay, I get busy. And I'm like, eh, whatever. But like, he's not making the effort. So why am I breaking my back? Like, he has not broken. Like, he didn't raise me. He didn't do anything. So for me, why do I need to break my back to make sure he's okay? Like, if, if you call me and tell me he's sick, which happened, I did take a flight, go see him. He was doing good. I came forward right back. I, I'll do that because he is my father. But outside of that, I don't know what else you want me to do. Like, you know, birthdays, I don't get happy birthdays. I don't get 
Merry Christmases. I don't get Happy New Years. Nothing. His wife will text me saying, hey, don't forget to tell your father happy birthday, which I find to be interesting that, you know, his birthday is important. You need to speak to your father on his birthday, but mine is non-existent. Like, I think the last birthday gift I got from him was in the sixth grade. And that was only because he was visiting at the time. But outside of that, I've never gotten birthday gifts, never gotten congratulatory gifts, never gotten anything for any of my accomplishments. So, like, questions like, should I really try to bond it or let it go? Or, like, I hate to be like, hey, I talked to your sister more. Like, I don't... It's just interesting. Like, I mean, I, I would love to have a good relationship with him. I would love to have a father, have a dad. But I just don't have one. So, you know. You can have a father. It may not be a biological father. And that's why I said that mentorship, that community, that connection. Um, even if it's not an older male, having a deep connection with the women in your family, with other people that love you. Sometimes it takes us seeing that, yes, you know, it would be great to have a relationship with my father, but I do have a relationship with my grandmother. I have a great relationship with my mom. I have a great relationship with my sister. I have a great, you know, recognizing the relationships that you do have. I have great relationships with my friends, whatever those relationships are for you, right? Figuring out that, that is one relationship that you cannot manage, but there are so many others that you have the power to show up in, to be present in, to be thoughtful about. That could be really restorative for you. You don't have to focus on the one that you can't control. I wonder what this relationship would be if you chose to allow it to unfold naturally. What happens, you know, when you stop doing the work here? What happens when you're not the person initiating the cause? Again, it could be that that's the whole relationship, but I'm hearing a level of frustration because you're doing most of the work. You're doing the Merry Christmas, Happy Birthday. You are keeping the relationship going by yourself. Is that even a relationship? What is that? Part of it sounds like a one-sided connection and you're trying to encourage this person to connect, but your dad has to want it. Have you ever asked him directly, what does he want from the relationship with you? Or is it assumed that he wants to party and drink and, you know, all these other things? Have you ever asked him directly, like, what would you like our relationship to look like? How do you see our relationship going in the future? Just wonder, you know, I'm just curious. Like, I, I don't know. And I'd love some clarity on what this is for you. You might get a surprising answer. It might not be, oh, I just want to be your pal or buddy. It may be that your dad doesn't know how to start. He missed a lot of time. And what I find in these situations, when a person misses a lot of time, there's a, a huge level of, you know, shame and embarrassment, right? It's like, this is my child, but I don't know them. I don't I don't know what they like. I don't know what they dislike. I, I don't know anything. And it can be much harder for your dad to figure that stuff out than to just ignore it and pretend like it doesn't exist because it requires some work from his side to be willing to be in the relationship and show up as, you know, maybe not a father, but at least a relative, right? Like maybe show up as something in the relationship. 
it would require some work. And we're not sure if your dad is wanting to do that work. So have that conversation of, you know, what do you want? Are your expectations too high for him? Um, Have you set any expectations? Have you talked about what this could look like or has all of it been assumed? As I hear your letter and I hear that, you know, other people will say, oh, my gosh, you should talk to your dad. Oh, when last time you talked to your dad or that's your dad, you should, you know, he's the only one you have. And all of these sort of things that people say, they are speaking from their reference point. Right. So they had a good, reasonable or whatever type of dad they had. And so they think, oh, this is how all fathers are. It can't be that bad. It's not their situation. They don't have to understand it. So this is where community comes in. You have to find other people in similar situations to you. So as you're sharing this thing with people, it doesn't seem so strange because they've experienced it too. Community. There has to be some community when you're dealing with these issues, because if not, it feels like, oh, my gosh, I am the only person who has this sort of issue when that is not true. You know, I'm thinking of the community you can have with your siblings, that your dad is operating in the same way with many people. So I'm sure some of them have some of the you know same issues that you're having, these feelings of like, I want to, but I don't. He doesn't call me on my birthday. And the relationship doesn't have to totally be about, you know, like this, this support group of, you know, our dad sucks. But, you know, maybe there is space to just have a conversation and leave it there with your siblings. Maybe just being able to have a a one-time conversation of, oh, let me get all of this out. You can feel that connection from another person, but the connection piece is what I hear missing. Lastly, I would strongly encourage, outside of the community and connection piece, I would strongly encourage you to, one, read Drama Free because I do talk about, you know, what it looks like for us to be estranged from a parent, from a person in our family, how to deal with what people say to you when you're estranged or you don't have a relationship with someone. So Drama Free is a wonderful place to start. I will add that Drama Free has a workbook coming out in February. So there's another opportunity to do some of that work around the family dynamic. But Drama Free is a good place to start. And then developing a relationship with a therapist where you can talk about this and you can start to understand that, no, your expectations are reasonable for a parent. You know, sometimes we're not hearing that. And we're like, you know, everybody else is saying to us like, oh, well, you did move a lot. It's like, it doesn't matter. I don't care if you move to Kuwait. Your father could have contacted you. We may need a licensed professional to say that because the people in our lives, they're experiencing you, they're experiencing their father, their father. So they may not have the wherewithal or the proper information to really lean into some of these challenges you're having. And so having a therapist who could say like, no, that's interesting. That's different. No, this is, you know, that can be very helpful in healing because you are not asking for too much. You're asking to be parented. You're asking to be loved. You're asking to be noticed. Those are all very fair things to try to receive from a parent. 
And so there's nothing wrong with how you feel about this. And I understand the desire for you to have it. My greatest concern is can you get it from this person? You need to hear this. Our parents are people. They are people with children. They are people with their own backgrounds. They are people with unhealed stuff. They are people with inefficient skills, no tools. They are people. When someone steps into parenthood, there are no classes. There is no no guideposts in some cases. And very often, you know, when there's these relationship issues, there is no connection. There is nothing holding them close to this person. And that's why we're having this. Because, you know, if if you have only seen your child a handful of times, there is, you know, the attachment is not there. So our parents, you know, although we may have these expectations that they will do this, 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 and that, they are people. And with people, we cannot control how they show up in our lives, but we can control how we're willing to show up with them. You Need to Hear This is an iHeart production hosted by me, Nedra Glover-Tawab. Our executive producer is Joelle Bonique. Our senior producer and editor is Mia Dawn Taylor. Send us a voice memo with your questions about boundaries and relationships at you need to hear this at iHeartMedia.com. Please be sure to rate our show wherever you listen to it and share this episode with someone who needs to hear this. Talk to you next time. Imagine you're a fly on the wall at a dinner between the mafia, the CIA, and the KGB. That's where my new podcast begins. This is Neil Strauss, host of To Live and Die in L.A., and I wanted to quickly tell you about an intense new series about a dangerous spy taught to seduce men for their secrets and sometimes their lives. From Tenderfoot TV, this is To Die For. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Elevation with Stephen Furtick podcast was created with you in mind. This is a podcast for those feeling discouraged or needing guidance from God. Together in this podcast, we'll dive deep into scripture, uncover the powerful truths that will help you rise above your limitations and embrace your full potential. We're here to equip you with the tools you need to conquer life's challenges. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy, and I'm your host, Elliot Connie. Jay is the woman in this dynamic who is currently co-parenting two young boys with her former partner, David. David, he is a leader. He just don't want to leave me. Well, how do you lead a woman? How do you lead in a relationship? Like, what's the blueprint? David, you just asked the most important question. Listen to Family Therapy on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.